Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. We tell you this all the time, but it, it's true, I think. And uh, as always, if you're new to this show, we welcome you aboard. Robert, alongside co-host Stephen Kerr for the Astros postgame game three of the ALDS. And Stephen, we knew it couldn't continue. It couldn't be just like this incredible just run on weekend of Houston sports teams, just nonstop winning games. But uh, this one was frustrating for a number of reasons, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was, Robert. And as much as you would have liked to have seen a sweep and not even have to worry about who the Game 4 starter is, the fact remains is that Charlie Morton was pitching. He was at home. He's he's done so well in the postseason. Zach Grinke hasn't typically done well in the postseason. And things pretty much went according to the, what we were afraid they might do. I, I had said on the last podcast if the Astros were going to lose a game, it was probably going to be game three. Now you have to win game four. You don't want to give the Rays momentum to come back to Minute Maid Park. I know the Astros are at home and have done really well. But the last thing you want to do is give a team momentum and tie the series because anything can happen in a game five. So here we are. We hit, hit the reset button on game four. One stat just jumps off the page. Uh, Granky. Gave up three home runs in this game. He gives up five home runs in two starts as an Astro against the Rays this year. In his other nine starts as an Astro, he gave up just two home runs. So the Rays are giving him problems. And the thing that just really kind of is that alcohol on the wound, if you're an Astros fan, is look, Charlie Morton, everybody loved him. We loved him. The players loved him. We know what he can do in the postseason. We know he's clutch. You know, you heard him say over and over again, he's 4-0 and in elimination games now. And yet the Astros just kind of let him walk. Having a guy like that, if you're the Astros and you plan to be in the postseason, that's the kind of guy you want. Meanwhile, Steven, Zach Granke doesn't really have a great postseason career. You know, I, I tweeted this out uh a couple months ago about Granky, can't remember if we discussed it on the podcast, but let me repeat it. In 67 innings of playoff baseball pitched prior to this game, Granky's ERA was 4.03. And as I pointed out months ago, this is Granky's career ERA in these opposing stadiums, which are important stadiums for the Astros. Minnesota, right. he's got a 5.14. Uh, ERA at Yankee Stadium, it's 11.57. So you got that to look forward to if the Astros get to the next round. And then in Tampa, 4.45. And it, it's just, it's one of those things I just never understood. Morton was not offered a ton of money by anybody else. And for that matter, either, either was Dallas Keuchel. These guys weren't offered a ton of money. And because of all that, you got to go out and spend all this money, $24 million, over the next two years on Zach Greinke. Well, what's ironic, Robert, is that the Astros signed Charlie Morton for a lot more than than even he was expecting. And then when it came time to re-sign him, they let him walk. They could have certainly paid him less money than what they ended up or, or ended up paying now for, for Zach Greinke. And, you know, it almost wonders that I know hindsight's twenty twenty, and this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, but you, it, you really wonder, did Jeff Luna look – at Zach Greinke's postseason numbers before he pulled off the trade. If analytics are supposed to be such a big part of the Astros organization, kind of makes you wonder, you know, why they wouldn't have just gone ahead, 
I, I don't know if they were just banking on the fact that Charlie was getting older. He has had an injury history that maybe he can't possibly hold out for two more years. But yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. but it's looking pretty good for Tampa Bay right now that, that Morton is pitching for them and not for the Astros. Jeff Luno looked like a genius for five months. He looked great in April and May and June and July and August. And, that, and what I mean, he looked great with Wade Miley. You know, that's the other part of this story in this game. It, it looked like, oh, man, we, we improved from Dallas Keuchel. But Wade Miley is a guy that looks like he just runs out of gas when he gets to a certain amount of innings. And that's fine that, you know, it just didn't quite work out for the whole season and it might not work out for the playoffs, Stephen. But, you know, here's the, the real problem. Having Wade Miley on the postseason roster, it, it just that compounded things because it's the classic case of overthinking a decision. He couldn't get an out in September. No history of pitching this many innings. He looked like toast. So why mess with him in the postseason when you had other options? Well, perhaps, but, you know, it's almost like a crapshoot. I mean, do you go with him? Do you go with Jose Arquiti, who, yes, he pitched quite well in September? No, no, no. You, you're going off on another thing. Jose Arquiti is the starter probably for tomorrow's game. Well, he, he is going to be now because they pitched Miley today. But Yeah, but I don't think there was any – there was no way they were going to start Wade Miley. I, I, you're crazy if you think Wade Miley was going to start game four if, if Zach Granke didn't get in trouble. This was about Miley being a bullpen guy, and they thought he could get lefties out, but he looked like toast, and your other option was somebody like Brian Abreu because every Astro fan is saying, I told you so. They all wanted Abreu. We all saw his electric stuff. Why wasn't he on the postseason roster as opposed to Rondon that Astros fans don't have a whole lot of confidence in? He, he, he's not been a great postseason pitcher. Um, or Miley. I mean, that that's what drives... I think Astros fans crazy. It, it was my feeling. I, I don't know if I got into this in the in the preview show that we did. Uh, I kind of let you guys take it over, but I, I was not a fan of having Miley on the postseason roster at all. Well, I wasn't either, Robert. But the point I was trying to make is that it's it's either Miley or those other options. I mean, Abreu has a very small sample size. Urquidy is unproven in the pro, in the postseason. That that's kind of was what I was alluding to. Is what other? I mean, you you don't have and almost lock option in that fourth starter position. And I didn't have a problem with the Astros putting Wade Miley out there today. At least if you're going to pitch him at all, you might as well pitch him when they're behind. But you're talking, you, you, you keep saying the fourth starter position. He's a bullpen guy. He was a bullpen guy for the playoffs. That, that's what he was. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is either way, he's, he's not a lock either way. And you, you have those other options that are totally unproven, either in the bullpen or as a starter. So the Astros just don't have a lot of options. Well, Brad Peacock was proven. He could have been on the roster, too. I mean, that that's somebody else that I thought would, would be kind of a given. that He was just for his experience, because, look, Brad Peacock, he, he may have had a down year and had some injuries and stuff like that. But he didn't look like the crap show that Wade Miley was in September. Wade Miley couldn't get guys out, period, except for one game the entire time. And that was against a terrible team. Well, I think you'll certainly see some changes if the Astros can get to the ALCS, which is is not a lock at this point. Oh, uh, they're in big I, trouble I would be now. Surprised. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if Miley is on the roster for the ALCS if they get that far. No, I think it, it's now in big trouble. And and I, I said at the time when we were ranking 
which teams you wanted to play in the postseason. You know, I had the Rays as somebody I didn't want because I knew the Astros uh, had had a horror show every time they went to uh, Tampa. And I wasn't scared of the A's because I wasn't scared of their pitching either. And Tampa's pitching, we we talked about this, I think, when we were ranking the teams, is Tampa could run out guys with some gas out there. And we knew that they had Charlie Morton, who was a clutch guy in the postseason. But, you know, the A's, you know, it's like, oh, Mike Fires, does he scare me? Not really. Um, there are other guys, they just, they didn't have anybody. And that's why the Rays scared me in the post. That's why I wanted no, no part. Do not give me the, the Tampa Rays. They, they were the team that I, one of the teams I was just so scared of besides obviously, you know, the Yankees and the, you know, that's, that's a team everybody, you know, looks at their lineup. But I mean, the Rays are the team. It, it just matters in, po- in the postseason A lot of times who the, who the guy is that's standing on top of the mound. And the fact that Grinky was not effective today you know, it, it really puts you in a bind because now you're having to rely solely on Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole as your lockdown starters. And that's it. Everything beyond that is a question mark at this point. And that's not a position you want to be in if you're trying to get a push to the World Series. You don't think Arkady's locked down at this point? <laughs> well, he may be locked down as to be able to start, but I'm saying locked down as the results. That That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. But I mean, he's <laughs> at least got a better shot, I feel like, than Granky did. He, he That guy was not impressive. And, and Wade Miley, obviously, you know, that that, that was a better option, for, frankly, Jose Arkady than those two guys, the way they pitched in this game, and we'll see. Maybe tomorrow, Arkady's going to give up three home runs like Granky did, or you know, he's just going to blow things up the way Wade Miley did. But uh, you know that 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 is now a huge issue with the Astros because you know it's looking more and more like they're going to go to Game Five. They need some uh, help from the Twins first of all to give the Yankees a little bit of a series, but also you know now now if you get to a Game Five which, you know, this could be a tough game for Tampa because, you know, they don't have the the ideal fourth starter either. And, and, and you know, we're hearing it might be a bullpen game or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's, no, it's not a gimme, but it's looking more and more likely it's a coin toss for this game. And if you lose the coin toss, you go to a game five. And, you know, the good news is it's Verlander and Cole. But the bad news is, you know, it's a bounce of a ball. It's a ball hitting a a stool in the corner. It's it, it's weird stuff that can happen once you're counting on one game, winner take all. Not to mention the fact that if you get into the bullpen once Verlander and Cole are gone, like what happened the other night, and the, the bullpen came very close to blowing that great performance by by Garrett Cole. You know, if it's a close game, then you have to hope that the bullpen locks it down. That. Osuna doesn't completely come apart and explode or that Presley doesn't have another bad outing. So a lot of question marks, but you know, that this is what the postseason is all about, Robert. They're just very, very seldom. Do you have just a, a total run the table type thing? And of course, you know, the Astros being a Houston team, they just, they always have to make it exciting or nail biting or make you want to have a heart attack. I guess, I guess that's just, just the way it is with Houston teams. Verlander is probably going to go seven innings if they go to game five and, and Cole might pitch the last two. There, there might be no, let's give this to the bullpen or let these guys, although, you know, I, I, I trust Will Harris with what he's been able to do. And, uh, you know, but the rest of the guys in the bullpen, it, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, Josh James continues to look, eh, he's a little shaky. I mean, he finally got a chance to pitch in the postseason, and he was okay, but not, 
not necessarily great. And you're just not getting anything that looks like dominant outside of Will Harris. I mean, Presley is the big hope that, that he can somehow get it together and get things going. And this lineup, first of all, you know, we got to talk about the Astros pitching, but secondly, you got to tip of the cap to this lineup because they, they've made it tough. Uh, getting outs is tough um, and all that kind of thing. So, you know, this is, this is partially about the Rays too. The other thing is Astros have been outscored 13 to 12. And part of that problem is the pitching, but that happened in this game. But part of that is the fact that this offense, where's the offense, uh, Stephen? I remember you said in the pregame, what was your concern about the Astros offense? That they're leaving too many runners on, especially with less than two outs. And here's the thing. Most of the Rays runs that they got today were with two outs. I believe at least seven of them were with two outs. And the Astros, they they kept getting the leadoff man on. I mean, they they had the right approach with Charlie Morton at the beginning of the game. You know, they made him throw 92 pitches, I believe, in five innings. And they were making him throw a lot of pitches early. They kept getting the leadoff men on, but they just couldn't bring him around. And, you know, in situations like this, that's when you need those runs to come across. I don't know that it would have made a whole lot of difference today just with the pitching being the way it was. But in most games of a series, that is going to make a difference. And it paid off for the Rays today because most of their runs were with two outs. Right. And the other thing, when you look at the Astros offense, there's a couple of guys that need to get it in gear and get it in gear in a hurry. And Springer and Brantley have not looked good. Brantley, I, I think he's batting like 167 right now. Springer doesn't have a hit. He's 0 for 13. And as Springer goes, a lot of times this Astros offense goes. If Springer's going, the Astros are scoring runs. That's been their MO for as long as Springer's been in that leadoff spot. It certainly seems that way. And Michael Brantley struck out twice today, which for him, that's almost unheard of. The fact that he's striking out so much. I mean, he is one of the most consistent contact hitters in the game. You're getting what you want from most of the other guys. I mean, Bregman and Jordan have been fantastic. Uh, Yuli is doing Yuli postseason stuff uh, as usual. Uh, you know, those guys are, are all great. Uh, Correa, uh, he's been okay, and that's fine. As long as he's okay. That's all you're wanting for, from Correa. Uh, meanwhile, Jose Altuve, uh, he picks up the home run in this game. He's uh, got now the second most home runs in Astros playoff history. Uh, he's got 10. Springer has 11. Prior to today's game, though, the Astros were 7-0 and in the postseason when Altuve homered in his postseason career. Uh, yeah, that ended. They're now 7-1 and when Altuve home run, <laughs> hits home runs in the postseason. But... Um, yeah, I mean, the Astros, it's just a matter of getting sprint to me. Springer is the most important guy. I mean, we could talk about, uh, what Michael Brantley has done all season, but you know, he's not the guy that's, he's not a, you know, the, the one that stirs the drink as he's not the Reggie Jackson of the Astros. Well, and, and Springer starting off with a home run or, or just getting on base is, is so important. And I, I think it, if the Astros, if the Astros could just jump on the Rays early, you know, they, they did, but they've obviously got to hold them. So, yeah, Springer, it, it does seem that when he's going, the rest of the offense just seems to get it in gear. So you just but you know that his bat has got to come alive. I just can't I can't fathom going the rest of the series or if the Astros get to the ALCS somehow that he just completely goes through the entire postseason like this. But as we found out in 2017, he does have a, a stretch where he just can't get it going. 
Have you seen yet what the uh, schedule is for the next game? If the Yankees win tonight, then the Astros game four will start at 7.07 Central Time on Tuesday. So if the Twins win, it'll be an afternoon game. It'll be 3.15. That's that's what I saw earlier. Okay, so I, I was texting with uh, our, our, our uh, buddy R.G. Seal, the uh, original, the OG host uh, with me on Houston Sports Talk and our contributor now. And, you know, the, the, the time here has been real frustrating when the Astros are playing so far. It's either been early, 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 or it's been it feels like it's been in the middle of the night. I get it. You know, we're playing baseball's Siberia and Tampa, so nobody cares about them. And the Astros are not the Yankees or the Dodgers or the, you know, all the marquee teams that are in the playoffs right now. I mean, it's there's a load of them, the Cardinals. And, you know, there's a lot of these teams that are, are not just in big markets, but they're they're national teams as well. But, Stephen, it, it is it is getting a little bit annoying that the Astros, it, it's taking this long just for them to get in prime time. And you and I, we talked about it just the other day. This has nothing really to do with the, the Astros um, being in prime time. Cause you know, you could say, well, they were in prime time on Saturday night, but I just, that game, we, we did discuss it, that game being at eight o'clock at night. There, there was no reason for that. And it's just one of those head scratchers about baseball is you've got two games on a Saturday. Why don't you make two games, games that, an eight-year-old kid could see uh, his, his team play at the end of. You've got the whole day. It's the you've got the entire Saturday to play. And if the Yankees are not going to be all the way in prime time, then why are the Yankees starting at four instead of two? And why aren't the Astros starting a little bit earlier? So the 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 kid that is trying to become a Tampa Rays fan isn't up. To, you know, can't. Uh, go to bed at like two o'clock in the morning just so he could see his, his team finish the game. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, Saturday, the fact that it started at eight o'clock central on a Saturday, I mean, it wasn't even a West coast game. That means it was starting after nine o'clock Tampa Bay time or, or just Eastern time in general. So if you want the Astros to play like at seven o'clock in the evening tomorrow, then you, you have to root that the Yankees will sweep the twins because that apparently that's when their game would start is about seven oh seven. These games are just forever, aren't they? I mean, they're they're just it's now four hours is just accepted for a playoff game. And I, I don't yeah. remember that always being the case, do you? Yeah, I, I know. And I don't know if it's the, the the TV timeouts are a little bit longer or what the deal is, but you know, another thing that bothers me is these World Series games don't start until like eight o'clock at night on a weeknight. I just I don't know. There's just something about World Series Day baseball that I miss, or at least you know, started a little bit earlier. So baseball is just, yeah, that's one league. I, I just have never figured out what their intention is, especially in the postseason when it really counts, when you really want your fans to watch why they put these silly game times on. And what's the best thing about baseball? It's watching the last couple of innings of a postseason game. And why can't you somehow set it up to where the games start earlier and maybe somebody's going to miss the first inning or two because they're working or maybe the first three innings. But isn't it way more important that they see the last two innings? That's the excitement. That's when you're really well, into the game. Yeah, certainly, especially if it's a close game. Like what happened Saturday night? I mean, you didn't know if the Astros bullpen was going to hold it down or not. If it had been a couple hours earlier, you you could have had a lot of people tuning in 
to see if Roberto Osuna was going to explode or he was, you know, if Will Harris was going to come in and shut the door again, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Why not just start the thing earlier? Okay, you missed the first three or four innings. Then you've got the last two or the last two or three and you still have an exciting game that most people can stay up and watch. All right, we know what the Astros need to win game four. Uh, you know, we, the guys got to get the offense going. They're going to need to get something out of Urquidy, uh, all of that sort of thing. Uh, one thing that we didn't get a chance, though, to talk about this past weekend with everything else that was going on was this quiet storm, maybe not so quiet storm, that's happening over with the Rockets, Stephen, because... Uh, we, we've got an international incident to talk about. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we, we certainly do. Daryl Morey, you know, he's never been known to be shy about tweeting anything. Um, and I don't know. This this whole thing with social media, as, as great as it is, I think people tend to forget that it is too easy for millions or I don't know how many billions of people are on Twitter now can see what you write when you hit send and why you need to think so, so clearly about what you're going to do or say before you send it. And yeah, Daryl Morey talking about uh, the, the protests going on in, in China uh, really got some folks in China and just not only those in China itself rattled and, and upset, but the Rockets, of course, have a vested interest in China, and they've put the suspension on the whole thing because of the tweet. Oh, it's not just the Rockets, the NBA. Yeah, and the NBA. That's right. I mean, it's this is a tweet that cost the Rockets and the NBA. I mean, it's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, it, it, it it's tough because the NBA is saying, well, we're going to be the woke organization, you know, between them and, and the NFL, and they have been. And and I think overall it's a good thing because there's a lot of stuff that they're, uh, you know, okay with dealing with and accepting players uh, speaking out about that that's been really important. And I think the players, in, in so many cases, have been on the right side. But you know, it, it's one of these deals now where uh, you know th- this is the right side. You know, in, in so many ways of what Daryl Morey was was speaking about. But at the same time, it's. Uh, it's something that the Astros are in bed with China. I mean, it's it's they're basically a shareholder. In the, the, I mean, the Rockets, the Rockets. I should say. Yeah. The Rockets are a shareholder in China because, uh, you know, of Yao Ming and what's happened. And they become, you know, sort of China's uh, team, I guess, in the NBA. And now you, you risk that whole marriage with China. And, you know, they're not going to – it's not going to be an NBA thing, but it, it – it, you know, because – I think it will cost the NBA some because of what's going on with the Rockets, but it's more about, you know, what it's doing with the Rockets. And uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating because uh, it was, it was good. I think that the the Rockets had brought all of the Chinese people uh, that fan base to Houston and got them involved in the NBA and got them to be a part uh, of this whole experience. But unfortunately, when you're getting all the human beings and the and the regular people involved, you're also getting the government involved in China, and 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 you know it's it's about this is when it's all said to, done, we could talk about you know communism versus democracy. This is this is about the green stuff. That's it. Yeah, it's all about money, and I think that you know in the future, I think you have to remember 
not only who you're working for or with, I guess in this case, before you hit send on something like that. Uh, but it's just, it's unfortunate that it had to happen. And I'm sure, you know, Daryl Morey issued a statement of apology. I'm sure some people would like to see him totally fired for this whole thing. I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, according to Jonathan Fagan and a source that told him that that's, that's just not likely to happen. But it's just unfortunate that, that we're even talking about this in the first place. Yeah, and Tillman's sort of hip deep in everything because unlike Les, who I think the Rock, he wasn't depending on the Rockets for uh, everything about his fortune. I think Tillman's way more hip deep in this than than Les Alexander ever was. So you know, this is something that you know it, it could really hurt him. But I mean, then you're you you, you know he's just in a quandary because. You send out a message that, you know, we we uh, are not okay with uh, <laughs> democracy and and human rights and all of that sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel for Tillman in that case. You know, one thing that I, I I have been a little frustrated with Tillman. I don't know what you think, but you know, sometimes I wish Tillman would kind of calm it down and be a little bit more quiet. I, I, I didn't want him to turn into Mark Cuban as far as how out there he is and how vocal, but I guess that's what you get when you get Tillman, huh? Well, that's right. I mean, he he does tend to shoot from the hip, and that's just, you know, when you have your owner doing that and your general manager doing that, uh, you're going to tend to get into a little more hot water than you probably want to. So they might both want to kind of check their <laughs> check their egos or, or their voices, in this case, at the door. I mean, one of the things that's great about Daryl is that he is out on social media and he's you know, he's always talking and he's always got something to say. And, you know, he's interesting. And as opposed to, you know, Rick Smith, who's was always hidden in a closet somewhere, shuddering and was not on social media at all. Same thing with Brian Gain. Uh, you know, Jeff Luno is on social media, but, you know, he's not interesting. He's not a fun follow typically. But Daryl was fun and he was entertaining and sometimes you winced at some of the stuff he said. He's a little bit too vocal, I thought, about the MVP stuff. Maybe a little bit too vocal about the referee stuff. I mean, I, I felt like a lot of that was causing more backlash than actually helping you out. But, you know, Daryl at least is interesting. And at least he makes it fun uh, to follow the Rockets and their GM and what's going on and everything like that. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, Stephen you know, the dangers of social media and everything. And everybody, I think, thinks of it in terms of the players. But, you know, if Daryl were to go down because of this, this would be the second GM that would have gone down because of Twitter. Because that wasn't that basically what happened to uh, Jerry Colangelo, his family, or the, the Colangelo's? No, that's right. I've forgotten about that. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just seems to be either one extreme or the other, doesn't it? Either they hide in a closet and don't say anything, or they say too much. I mean, it's 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 rare that you get it kind of right in the middle, but I'm sure that uh, there were some stern talking to's going on behind the scenes that we probably don't know about and will never know about because of this situation. Yeah. Did you think that what Daryl said or what Daryl put out there was like the most uh, egregious? Does it, did it feel like, oh, this is going to be something huge as soon as he did it? Uh, I mean, I've heard worse, I think, in my opinion. I, I mean, it just, but again, it's just the the timing of it and, and the fact that, you know, the NBA is, is trying to get more of a relationship with other countries. They're trying to expand into China, to India and other places. So, 
I think it was just the, the, the where it was presented and the way it was presented. But gosh, I've heard worse, I think. But either way, it's just unfortunate. It, it wasn't like it was a, like a long diatribe or anything like no. that. And it wasn't like, you know, it, it didn't feel like he was shaking his finger at China. It's just, you know, but just the I guess the fact that you support what what's going on in Hong Kong is all that needed to happen. You basically are supporting what your country subscribes to, and that's democracy. And again, you know, freedom of speech, we, we have it. Um, unfortunately, though, we have to remember that sometimes not everybody is going, they, they have the freedom to disagree with what you say. And uh, that's certainly what happening in this case. Yeah. And I think there's some people out there that might be going, God, I'm sick of all this political stuff getting into sports. And, and I, I agree at times it, it, it can be frustrating because sports is kind of been this oasis for a lot of us over the years. But as much as we think of it as an oasis, Stephen, really, it's always been there. If you look at the 80 and 84 boycotts of the Olympics, if you look at Muhammad Ali and not going to Vietnam, if you look at Jackie Robinson and obviously that whole racial uh, breaking of the color barrier and everything like that and what what Jackie was having to deal with on a, on a regular basis – uh, if you go back to even Jesse Owens in the 1936 games uh, with with Hitler and, and 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 all that that entailed, I mean, it, it, it's never stopped really over the years. No, it hasn't. And, and it isn't stopping. I mean, both race and politics are still in the mix. I don't like it. I'm sure you don't like it either, Robert. But it, it just it is the way it is, you know, with the NFL and the whole kneeling thing. You know, that became a race issue. And we've had plenty of political pot shots taken at uh, President Trump. So yeah, like it or not, sports, politics, music, movies, I mean, you know, they, they all chime in and they all interconnect at least at some point in time. I mean, politics is life in some way. I mean, it just it is. is. It is. Absolutely. And so is race. Yeah, no question about it. And and yeah, they're 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 all intertwined because it's just part of breathing, I guess, in in, in a lot of ways if you think about it. But um, should be interesting to see what's going to happen there. If there's anything else, the the ball to drop. You just you hope that uh, at some point it maybe goes away. Uh, you can somehow you know have a day tot. Maybe we need to bring in you know somebody to be the intermediary between the Rockets and China. I don't bring know. in an envoy, a Chinese envoy or something to <laughs> kind of cool things down a little bit. <laughs> The one thing is, it's funny because the politicians, it, it's kind of been unilateral. They've all been supporting Daryl and the Rockets on this. Hey, I know we could get Jimmy Carter to, to step in. I mean, he, you know, he's trying to keep the peace a few times between other countries. So let, let's maybe get him involved in this situation. I don't know. That guy's, he's like a cockroach. I don't know if he'll ever die. He fights off everything. He's just, he's a miracle, that guy. <laughs> That's for sure. But uh, anyway, we'll, we will talk again soon after another Astros postgame and hopefully a happier postgame. But again, Astros uh, dropped this one. The series now Astros up 2-1. Uh, the second game, of course, in Tampa tomorrow. We don't know when, but it's coming up soon. And uh, Astros lose this one 10-3. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hot